and welcome back to Bless You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. My name is Callie and I am here with my bestie co-host, girl pal, all of the things, Elise. Hi. We got to see each other last weekend. Like literally people wouldn't believe that we have only seen each other IRL two times. Is it twice? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm holding up two times. And then I was like, wait, is it three or is it two? Well, we went to Gloria's and we played pickleball. Was, was that, that the same the- day? Nope. That was a different day. That was a different day. Okay. And then, and then this weekend. So three times. Yes. Three times. Oh, that's right. We, we joint recorded that very emotional podcast. Oh together. yeah. Yeah. And then Ugh. we were like, let's go drink. Yeah. And then Andrew, we had just gotten Millie and we were like, you babysit the dog. And it was like a hundred degrees outside. We we're like, stay outside. And he's like, I'm sweating my ass off. We were done. And we had just wrapped up such an emotional moment and came out and it looked like Andrew had been crying instead of us. He was like, I don't know how to work with dogs. It's very hot. Can we leave? Can we go get margaritas? Yeah. Can we go drink? And we we're like, yeah, we yeah. can go drink. Yeah. We can definitely go drink. But yeah, only three times, which is honestly not enough for my little heart. But it was no. so fabulous. And I need to. You met my mommy. I literally was just about to have an MK moment. MK, I know you're listening. I fucking love you. Callie's mom and I are kindred spirits. We literally have never met ever. And I walked into her house and we just embraced and didn't say anything for like two straight minutes. And it was- I know, I was standing there like, "Mm, should I, should y'all get a room? Yeah, it was, it was so great, MK. I love the shit out of you. You're the cutest little thing in the world and I'm gonna come hang out with you. She really is. She threw this adorable party, like so cute. So that, because- she she's getting better about this and I love how self-aware she is but she's very much like my time when you come home it's my time no no one else like and I I studied this in grad school and I'm sure you did too but like closed family systems versus like open family systems and like ours has been a closed family system and I have always been like well this sucks and so she decided to stop that she was like I'm breaking the cycle but she's a smart bitch. Cause she was like, instead of you guys cruising all over town with my baby, you will stay here and you can invite everyone over so that I'm part of it. And I will throw you the most epic party ever. So she did. She, everyone got drunk except for you. Sorry. And yeah. like the snacks were lit, like everything, but it was really smart of her. She was like, I'm not sharing my baby. And when I say my baby, it's your baby, you Elise, Charlotte's baby. And my mommy's baby is not my baby. When I'm there, I don't hold her at all. I I came home and I was like, oh, this is how much you weigh. I haven't like actually held you in my arms. And she, she also was Carl's baby for like a good hour and a half. (laughs) It really was. Carl was like, beer bee. And just like (laughs) took her around. That was amazing. So cute. It was, it was truly, it was so funny because we were getting ready for the day and like, I don't leave my house much. That's not a, that's not a new thing for whoever's listening. And I woke up with a pep in my step and I was so excited. I was like whistling around playing music and Carl's like, God, you're so excited. I'm like, do you not know 
how many of my favorite people I get to see today. Like this is going to be the best fucking day ever. And it, it was. was a good day. And I got to give you your gifts, which I'm <sighs> really excited about. And we're, I know that you're doing like a reveal at some point for the names for babies. And you know how I'm doing it? Is it what I was hoping? It is. Yeah. I actually had something else. And then I was like, no, this is way fucking cuter. I got her something with the baby's names on it. And, I was like, and not just a something, a cute oversized sweater okay. for my yeah. two little nuggets. And like the aesthetic is on point, Callie. I'm so proud of myself because you sent me that photo of the sweater. Like, I think right when you got pregnant and I was like, okay, you know, I, of course me, I'm like such, so cynical and I'm like, not practical. And let's talk about practical things and <laughs> da, 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 da. And I felt like I dismissed you in that moment. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go apologize. Cause then she, the jig is up. So I'm just going to keep this to the side and then surprise her later. And I was like sweating bullets because Elise is very trendy and into the beige baby aesthetic, which I also am into and cannot pull, pull off. And it's not my fault that my baby looks better in pink. It just is what it is. <laughs> And so we are a pink, frilly, turquoise, aqua, purple household. And on Instagram, I see all of these like gorgeous white and beige aesthetics. And I'm like, damn, I'm just not mature enough to pull that off. Well, Elise is. So I'm like figuring out this sweater situation. I'm like texting with lady. I'm like, she's trendy. Do you know what that means? And she was like, girl, I know what that means. And I was like, I picked out a blue font and a pink font. And I just don't feel like that's the vibe. She was like, I'm not going to lie. It's not the vibe. I was like, so anyway, I'm very excited about it. Um, and then before we run out of time, I'm being a hog, but I have to say as much as this, as that week was so amazing with everyone meeting my child, I think the highlight of my entire life might've been when I was without my child and in the presence of my queen, Taylor Swift. That is absolutely your sparkle. And you still have your era's fingernail. Every single one of Ke Callie's fingernails is a different color representing all of the different albums. We have Fearless. We, oh, sorry. <laughs> we, hold on. Let me start over. We have the debut. We have Fearless. We have Speak Now. We have Red. We have 1989. We have Reputation, which is already chipped. And I'm very annoyed by that. We have Lover. We have Folklore. We have Evermore. We have Midnight. It was amazing. And I have decided that everybody on God's green earth is a Swifty. You just admit it or you don't. That's like the two camps of people. You either admit that you love her or you don't. And everyone's like, oh, I love her music. I just don't like her as a person. I'm like, bitch, have you met her? You don't know her. You can't say that you don't like her as a person. You don't know her. So you're a Swifty because never, you love her music. I've never so, heard anybody say that they didn't like her as a person. Like, I've heard it so many times. And every time I just want to be like, so you hate women. <laughs> so... Goodbye. So you hate ambitious women. Like, I'm so sorry for you. Um, yeah, I've like learned to ignore it. You know why? You know why people. people probably say that is because she like airs her laundry. Like she sings about her life and oh, yeah. her hardships. And I'm sure people are like, you know, we live in a society where people are like hush hush about the hard things that you go through, and she just doesn't give a fuck. No, she doesn't. And then when, and, or people call her whiny or people call her ambitious or people call her money hungry. And it's like, yeah, all those things are fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I hope she makes that dough. She's, she earned it. Yeah. Like she put on a show. I'm going to try and get tickets in LA in the nosebleed section because she is so thoughtful that people up in the nosebleeds got to see things that people on the floor didn't get to see. 
So like I need to do both. Anyway, it was so amazing. So epic. The last thing is my child is officially out of the snoo because my mom set her up with her own crib and Charlotte bought her a little diaper pail. So when I like, they're trying to bribe me to go home more and they know that I won't if I don't have like my things because I'm a gadget mommy because like parenting is a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. But half the reason I think it is, is because I have gadgets. I need things to make things easy and efficient. Otherwise I don't want to do it. And so they were like, okay, we have to like do this for her, which was so nice. I didn't expect it. So they like, you saw it. They like set up a crib. Like she's a crib. I she know. Had a changing station. It was so cute. And so my mom was like, well, she doesn't have the snoo. I know. I bought, I like bought into millennial marketing about the fucking snoo. I don't even care. And so I was like freaking out that she was going to sleep. Anyway, she did. So this is a huge thing. I'm reselling that damn snoo. Bye-bye. <gasps> okay. What's your sparkle? And then let's get into it. My sparkle is getting to see you meet Silver, meet your mom and meet Charlotte. Also, I Charlotte wow. is one of our coaches. She's like an O-O-O-O-O-G. Oh, yeah. She was the can I borrow your picture and slap it on the website? And then I yeah. shit my pants when I actually had to <laughs> sign people with coaches who weren't me. And I was like, Charlotte. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I it's like it was so weird because it's like I feel like I know your mom and know Charlotte so well but that was like the very 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 first time that I got to meet them and hug them and squeeze them and just like be in their presence and Charlotte is just like the epitome of a ray of sunshine and like you just want to be around her all the time yeah but she's like authentic as fuck too truly so nice I just love her and she's like mini carol which is even more hilarious um so that carol's my mom so just too funny and the the two of them are actually hanging out right now Uh, guys (laughs) the fuck you don't leave your house but i i don't leave my house but (laughs) you also hate dallas i actually do hate dallas and it's (laughs) yeah it's like pulling teeth to get me to drive anywhere if it's beyond 10 minutes but (laughs) I think that I would I would get down with like a monthly girls outing. Oh, well, they're available every Friday. Let's start a group text, ladies. Yes. I know you're listening. Done and done. I love this. Um, Yeah, this week it was just so epic. I love it when we get to get together. And if you saw blushes, if y'all aren't following us on Instagram, you need to because we posted photos. If y'all aren't following us on Instagram, I'm personally offended. (laughs) Okay, that's a better way to put it. But there's actual like photos of Elise and Carl with Le Bebe, and it's so cute. So, so cute. cute. Um, I know, yeah. Elise also puts a lot of work into our Instagram <laughs> account. So please friggin' follow it. Okay, let's get into our so we have two letters today. Somewhat similar, somewhat not. So bear with us, but it's gonna be great. Okay, first letter. Good morning, ladies, and congratulations. Thank you. I am a STEM professional and I work in a smaller office with a close team of 10 scientists. Badass bitch. In my field, you can pursue two different degrees and receive the same skills. Okay, so that's going to be similar to like social work and counseling. Same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm a newer team lead. The older team lead repeatedly makes jobs that I am less than because I went to into A degree path and she went into the B degree path. Okay. I know this is BS. I am just as qualified and educated. Technically, I have higher credentials, so I'm more educated. I know I'm good at my job. However, these jabs get under my skin, and after the annoyance wears off and the the imposter syndrome kicks in. 
Any advice to beat the recurring imposter syndrome? How can I directly yet professionally and kindly respond to these jabs? Is it even worth the mental energy to respond to them? Thank you kindly from Am I Enough? You okay, I was reading it out loud, so I want to make sure. It's, okay, so she's newer, and this woman is older, and she makes, yeah, okay. She's older, and they have different, they took the different tracks, but right. our letter writer has higher credentials, and she's more educated. Hello. Mm, okay. Well, I mean, in my humble opinion, usually when someone repeatedly makes jabs like that, they're insecure about their own path and journey, but I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm in like my chaotic era or like what's going on, but like, I'm kind of done with this whole, you never know where people are coming from. It's that sounds horrible, but it's like, yeah, that's true. But that's not also my responsibility. (laughs) Yeah. Like we can be empathetic and kind to people, but we don't have to excuse their actions just because they might be going through something. And also I go through shit all the time. And so do you, Elise. And that doesn't mean that we're mean to people. No, I'm never mean to people. I know you're really not. I might be, but you, (laughs) you really aren't. And so it's just like not an excuse so I think, honestly, I think what I would do is not necessarily worry about being kind and professional. And instead, the next time she says a jab, be like, okay, what's this about? Mm. Like, just, that's not being rude. She's being rude. You're just being like, can we dig into this? Or can we unpack this? Like, what is up? Yeah. Why do you keep making comments about this? It's weird. I, I feel like people have such a hesitation and there's such a stigma around like confrontation and and potential conflict and all of that and I think that like to your point people who act like this are insecure and are projecting their own insecurities on someone who they perceive probably won't do anything about it and Mm -hmm. so I think coming at it with that of like what's going on (laughs) like that's a that's a really soft boundary I think that allows you to kind of confront the situation in a respectful and professional way just to be able to like I would I'm sure the person who is being kind of an asshole to you is gonna be like a deer in the headlights when you say that you know yes oh my gosh I was gonna say that like I just feel like over the past what 10 years all I hear from clients and friends and even family members sometimes well not really family members but you know what I mean is oh I hate confrontation and my response is like well no one likes confrontation which is not entirely true my husband loves confrontation so does but, mine. <laughs> I'm like I mean you find those people but here's the thing you know who these people are yeah people who love confrontation make themselves known like it is a personality trait it is something that usually these people are proud of like you can pick them out of a lineup right most other people don't like confrontation. So if no one likes confrontation and you confront someone, they're probably going to hate it, <laughs> which means they're probably going to want to squash whatever it is that you just brought up so that we don't have to have any more confrontation. <laughs> you never have to do it again. Yes. And also, Callie taught me this, um, I don't know, years ago. And Cause I also used to be like a little Tweety bird who like hated confrontation and like had a hard time setting boundaries. And Callie's favorite boundary is just to respond saying, ouch. Mm -hmm. And I think that this would be like 
a, a great situation and opportunity to whenever she says the next thing be like ouch like did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed this morning yes yes I love that too and I think it just depends on the situation because part of me does want to know like why why are you so high up on your little horse like if someone was like oh I have my master's in social work can I join the blush team like I always say a master's in counseling or social work or equivalent because there are so many different paths to get to the same place. I don't give a but shit what you I chose. don't I don't think that this is about the track at all. I think no, this, of course not. this is about the age. And yeah. and whatever and jealousy and just like you know feeling insecure about your own insecurities. I don't know, but I think that there's such a, I mean, I struggle with this too, about like an authority complex, like anyone who Mm -hmm. I have always been taught anyone who is my elder, I need to treat with respect. You know, it's like, there's such a thing around it. And so I think that that, I think that that's what this is about really Mm -hmm. is like the age and just, you know, this younger, hip, cool, blush, uh, writer in you know you <laughs> writer inner writer inner love you yeah I no I hear you I think you're right too like it's definitely not about the career path but my thing of I guess what my point is that she always makes it about that like at least from this letter it seems like the only time that she like pokes and prods and jabs is when it comes to education and so my thought is if you're kind of like, okay, like what's this about? Like, why are you so high on the social work train? Like, I'm just using that as an example and like, make her, make her respond because you're right. Elise, it's not about that. And so then she's not going to have anything to say. And so she's going to have to shut the fuck up Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because like, you know what I mean? Like clearly also like education. Okay. This is going to be a hot take, but like degrees and education and all this doesn't matter after a little bit because everyone gets their first job and then goes down on their path. And like, I get it. If maybe your education is holding you back from certain opportunities, like you can't get a promotion because you don't have a bachelor's degree or something, but that's like a very unique situation. Most of the time, once you get your first job, your second job, it just kind of things start to compound and you know, who cares, right? Like you, you become just as qualified as someone else that maybe went to Harvard and you went to a state school, who cares? You both landed in the same place. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to me when people harp on education. I'm like, do you still talk about your sorority this fondly? Like, do you still go and hang out at the campus restaurant? Like, get over yourself. We're in our thirties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, Elise, you're in your thirties. <laughs> I am in my thirties. Thank God. I felt like I was in my thirties for a long time before I actually was. That's actually true. But you know what I mean? It's like, you're hanging on to this because it makes you feel better about something. And that's kind of sad because college was when we were literally 18. Yeah. 18. Like get over it. It's not cool anymore. Who cares? Yeah. I agree. And I do think that it's worth the mental energy to respond. I mean, anytime that you are standing up for yourself and you are like nipping toxic conversations or toxic behaviors is it bud or butt nip it in nip it in the bud i, I really want it to be butt okay we'll do butt. but we're but gonna it's nip- not it's the bud which we're is gonna- so lame 
We're going to nip How that. funny is that to like a visual of like someone biting your butt? I always thought it was butt. Yeah, I know it is butt. It sucks. Why is English so lame? <laughs> okay, we'll nip that shit in the butt. In the ass. In the ass. In the ass. Okay. <laughs> um, and also we have to touch on the imposter syndrome because I think that that's also like, of course you feel that way. I feel like everybody experiences imposter syndrome on some level. For sure. Like that's normal. That's like, it's going to happen whenever it's triggered by something, whether an insecurity or a comparison or someone being a dick to you at work. I think anytime you feel imposter syndrome, like fall back on what you know you bring to the table. Like you, mm-hmm. you said here, I know I'm good at my job. Um, you're just as qualified. Like you have these beliefs about yourself. So really like hone in on those and, and pump yourself up after you and know that none of this is about you. I mean, it's really not. No, none of it. Um, I'll end the, unless you have something else. No. Nope. Like, and we're done here. Oh, nice Stanley cup. So, oh, God damn. I keep saying Stanley Cup, which is the hockey trophy. Stanley Tump. What do you, whatever. Okay. I just, just, it's just a Stanley. <laughs> it's all the Stanley Cup. Okay. I am so trendy. Um, okay. Last thing on this letter is that my dad told me something a long time ago that has stuck with me which I think I was like about to do a presentation on something I had never done before. And I was really nervous and I had imposter syndrome. And I was like, I just don't know if I know it as well as I should to be able to deliver this. And he was like, well, you probably don't. And I was like, (laughs) but he was like, but you know, I have found that teaching someone something else helps me learn it even better. Yep. And so basically what I'm saying is by confronting this woman, you will probably be healing your imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. The action alone is going to help you learn that you are capable of everything. And so by standing up for yourself and by saying these inner thoughts out loud, it's going to help that click for you. And he's right, because after that presentation, I was like, I'm an expert. <laughs> I was like, I know everything. Ask me a question. Ask me a question, right? Like, I know the answer, which is silly, but it was it was really interesting how actually doing it helped me realize that I knew more than I thought. And mm-hmm. by having that conversation, I think you're going to be like, wow, this bitch doesn't know anything. Yeah, there's no, nothing that there's nothing that boosts your self-esteem and your self-worth like standing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, like truly it's the best feeling agree uh great okay so elise and i are in agreement <laughs> excuse me have the conversation uh i don't know if i do it kindly i wouldn't do it rudely but neutral. i think yeah just neutral and i i'm always about like dig like figure it out like get to the bottom of it be like what is it no really like i mean what is this about why are you so hung up on this Mm-hmm. fascinating mm-hmm. and and then let us know what it is uh, yeah i literally was just about to say please follow up we'd love a good follow-up letter because we're nosy bitches we're nosy so we started this podcast so that we could listen to people's stories okay next letter hey ladies a major congratulations to you both thank you i am almost 30 i have a great job a fantastic partner 
and to be honest, a pretty great life, but I have a major comparison problem. I am constantly comparing my life to those of my friends, family, and colleagues. It has made me minimize experiences and joy because I realized it doesn't compete with an experience of a friend. My mom's side of the family has always been about appearances and frequently compares ourselves to others. If my grandma's friend's granddaughter has something exciting happen in her life, my life is held to compare. My accomplishments and experiences are fodder for conversation to elicit envy or judgment. I know that this is a toxic way to live and I don't want to live this way myself. I especially don't want to pass this along to my soon-to-be-here child. Oh, congrats. Yet, even when I tell myself to stop, I still feel myself comparing. These thoughts occasionally become comments. How can I stop my internal and sometimes external thoughts of comparison? Thank you for all of your help from Comparing and Exhausted. Mm. It's such a sweet, sad face, Elise. I know. I'm, I, I like want to give you a hug. I feel like comparison is also like imposter syndrome. Like everybody compares, right? Like we are Brene Brown. If, if you haven't watched Atlas of the Heart, um, she, there's a book, but there's also a series on Netflix, I think. Um, but it's Brene Brown and she talks a lot about comparison on there. Um, I think it's all, HBO. Isn't it HBO? Oh, it, yes, it is. It is. It is. It is. Callie's right. I am wrong. Um, it is HBO and it's a really good series. And she talks a lot about comparison. I feel like all of her books and work touches on comparison, but she talks about how as like social human beings, we are just like wired for comparison and like, it's not like a choice of ours. So I think that that's like, I sense some shame and judgment towards yourself about the fact that you are comparing. And I think that like everybody compares and everybody compares now on steroids because there's social media. And it sounds like your family obviously values appearance a lot and they do their own comparing of you to other people's lives. And so I wonder if this is like maybe one of those things that you just adopted from your family system and, and now it's no longer motivating you or helping you. And it's now just making you feel like shit about yourself and your life. Um, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's normal to compare. I mean, I, I agree that we're hardwired to compare. And I think this whole stop comparing yourself to others narrative is really missing the mark here because it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, how else are we supposed to measure success? And I know that sounds bad, but it's like, if one person gets an A and one person gets a B, well then yeah, that's a comparison. And you know that you have to do better next time. But I think what happens here is that we're comparing things that cannot be compared like apples and oranges. Like you're comparing things that are not factually level. So like, it makes sense again, back to the A, the grades. It's like, okay, you took the exact same test in the same class with the same teacher with the same amount of time. So like, that's a fair comparison. It is fair to give someone a 95 if they got a 95 and someone else a 70, if they got a 70, like Mm -hmm. it is what it is. What you're doing is you're comparing shit that cannot be compared. It's like, different ages, different phases of life, different values. And this is what I want to circle back to the values thing. Um, different circumstances, different strokes of luck, right? Different, whatever, all of it. And so, and you're probably not comparing within context either. Mm -hmm. So a lot of stuff is probably taken out of context and then, you know, and then it's not really comparing anymore. 
then it turns into something else, which is, I don't even know if there's a word for it because it shouldn't exist, but it does. And that's what social media has done. And unfortunately, that's what your family has done too, Mm -hmm. uh, is as compared you against other things that again, can't really be compared. And so I think next time you're trying to nip this in the ass, (laughs) love it. And this is what I do because I'm someone who falls, um, what's the word falls help. Oh my God. Postpartum. Well, falls victim. Jesus Christ. Falls victim to comparing, especially because I'm an Enneagram type three. Like it's, I live in a very ambitious city. It's just, I've always kind of been this way. And what's helped me is, um, honing in on my values. Like what, what is important to me? What do I want out of life? Mm -hmm. What have I strived for? And I really get like good and comfortable in it. And then sometimes, and I don't know if this is the healthiest thing to do, but it does help me as I put on the hat of the person I'm comparing myself to, or it's usually the situation I'm comparing myself to. And I ask myself, honestly, like, would I want this? Do I want to work for this? Is this something I want to strive for? The answer 99% of the time is no. It's like, I'm comparing myself to someone who has no work-life balance, Mm -hmm. a ton of money to spend, but no time to spend it. Mm. Or someone who like lives somewhere that I'm just like, oh, fuck no, I would never live there. And it's like, okay, well then what are you talking about? Like, you know, then why are we wasting brain power on this Cali Rogers? Like you're just putting yourself down for funsies. Is this is what we do now? No. And so the values thing, like what do I value in life? What suits me, I think is, is what helps because I also love to pretend that I'm someone else (laughs) whenever I'm comparing myself. I don't know if you do this at least, but I'm like, yeah, I'm someone who's a workaholic and really good at math and science and, um, is very skinny and is not curvy at all and is good at fashion. And then I like look at myself and I'm like, you are none of those things. (laughs) Why are we focusing on this? I've never done that, but I might start trying. I do it all the time. And it's because I, it's because like, I think being so many things is so appealing to me, but I am so definitively one thing. I mean, not one thing, but you know what I mean? I am so definitively me. Yeah. And it's like, girl, you're not good at math and science and that's okay. You know, it's it's okay. But like, I'm envious of people who are doctors. (laughs) Yeah, but like you wouldn't want to be on call on a weekend when you're playing pickleball. Like, no. absolutely not. So, like, I would want to take biochemistry. But that's the thing. I think that comparison, and I think that this is only gotten worse with social media because social media really is, for the majority, a highlight reel of people's lives the best moments, best pictures, best vacations, all the highlights. And we never like think deeper because we're just scrolling. So it's just like flash, 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 flash. And I think then we take that behavior of just seeing it for the surface that it is and not digging any deeper into the details of like, oh, maybe this person cried right before they posted this picture. Maybe this person is getting a divorce from their husband after going on this fancy vacation to Ibiza, you know, like we don't know, you know? So I think that that's, there's always more context to Callie's point that you got to take into consideration. And I also have all of my clients, you know, I think everybody can relate to 
being critical of themselves, having negative self-talk. Like we don't live in a world that really embodies a healthy relationship with yourself and like promotes that. Um, but I always tell my clients, like, ask what your, what is your key motivating factor in comparing your life to other people? Like, and that will give you insight into, is this just something that you're guilty by association because your whole entire family does this and you've just like adapted to that? Is this because you're feeling like shit after you compare and you're utilizing self-criticism and self-judgment and shame as a form of motivation like because that doesn't work either you know it's like Mm -hmm. figuring out the root factor and why you are seeking out these opportunities to compare yourself um i think would be good i also had someone tell me i went on like a woo-woo um retreat (laughs) we talked about it remember in new york i knew that you spent a lot of money to go on one is this the one you went on or is this coming up in in new york no 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 (laughs) yes the the one that i actually went to and i do i do remember that yes yes we remember so um something that i took from that weekend was we were talking about um you know it's really easy to compare your life when you're in the same stage as other people, you know, you like graduate from college from the same group of people and then people start getting married and people start getting engaged. People start popping out babies. And I, I would compare my life to people who were getting to what the phase that I desperately wanted to be at. And I had a really hard time with that. And I'm like a big metaphor visualization girly. And the leader explained like, there really is no intersection of all of our journeys. Like you got to think about it, like as if you're going bowling, like you're not playing a bowling game and like looking over your shoulder and seeing the strangers in the bowling lane next to you, like what they're shooting, right? Like there is no intersection of all of our journeys. We're all on our own path, all on our own journeys. Like everything has purpose. Um, And that was like a really helpful visualization for me to remember. So whenever I am finding myself comparing my life or myself or my body to someone else's, I just remember like, they're not in my bowling lane. Like they're in a different lane. Therefore, like I, it's pointless to even go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if her, her comparison is habitual, which is kind of what you touched on before. Like, it's just, she grew up with it, which kind of sucks because then it's like the key motivating factor should work and pretty much every circumstance except for when it's habitual and it's like I grew up with this so now I'm stuck with this and I have to break the cycle that blows um yeah but you can do it you can do it oh yeah you can do it totally you can do it yeah the bowling lane thing reminds me of uh when I was in undergrad actually a professor uh of psychology said one day that no one compares their pets that interesting that is so actually um I kind of do (laughs) Okay, never mind. She's clearly <laughs> full shit, so never mind. Um, but like, I think that's a helpful thing to to think about. Maybe is like, like I don't think to myself when I'm petting Belucifer, who's uh, his name is Blue, but his full name is Belucifer. That he, I wish I had a different cat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and so 100%. I think like being present helps. Being very present in the moment um, will help you not stray. And then another. Sorry, I was writing down thoughts as. I was listening to you, but I also had thoughts because whenever you talk, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. And then I pick mm, it back. Mm. Um, 
Okay. Two other thoughts. One, you said a child is coming. This could go one of two ways. Having a baby could completely heal you of this. Seriously. Because I know that my comparison has really diminished big time having a baby Mm. because I don't give a shit if what her milestones are. I really could care less because I know that she's going to be walking one day. Like every, I mean, everything's normal. Right. So I'm, I'm privileged in that sense that I'm not like looking out for something being like, Oh God, you know, something wrong. So inside I just get to relax and be like, you know what? She's going to figure it out because, and she's her. So like, I don't want her to be any different than she is. Like I need her to be her because she is smiley and fun and adorable. And even if she wasn't those things, well, I'd probably still think she was those things. And maybe she isn't those things, but I just think that she's those things. She is. She is those things. She's those things. She's so perfect. So it's like the idea of her being any different than she is would destroy me. And so that's taught me that it's like, that's what people mean where it's like, just be yourself. If you were Mm -hmm. you. And it's like, that always would like not ring true for me. I'd be like, shut up. <laughs> like, it's so cheesy. But now I'm like, no, be you. Be every ounce of you. You're so perfect. She like does nothing. And I'm like, let me take a million pictures, you know? <laughs> so I think having a child could help. However, I think having a child could also make it a lot worse because you can get into the milestone game. Oh, well, my baby rolled over at this week. And and I'm guilty of that too. I mean, Silver rolled over really early and I was like, oh my God, she's advanced. Guess what? She like barely does it anymore. And it's like, this is boring. And I'm like, wait, can you still roll over? <laughs> so like, I've learned to like not get excited about milestones because babies gonna be babies. Yeah. But I could see you, I could not you specifically, but you in general, I could see people getting really hung up yeah. in, oh God, my baby's behind or oh, she's not smiling enough or he's not laughing or he's not cooing or he's not pulling up yet. Or like, I mean, it can get dark real fast. Yeah. And I knew that I was susceptible. That's the word susceptible. I said victim earlier. It's susceptible. I am susceptible to that kind of mind game. And I'm not saying I've like cracked the code, but I've really leaned into, but if she were doing things differently, then she wouldn't be her. So I don't give a shit when she reaches these milestones, she's going to reach them when she wants to reach them. And I'm just going to enjoy it along the way. So that is more of a, hopefully you can start thinking and you are thinking about this now. I'm, I have a feeling that's why you wrote in, which like, good for you. Amazing that you're already thinking about these things, but it's really important to not put the shit on a kid because you see what happens. You're in your thirties and you're dealing with this because it sounds like your parents introduced it to you and that sucks. And they, they did the best they could. Okay. We're not mad at them, but we want to break the cycle. Yeah. And so I think leaning into I'm not going to compare my child and I'm going to be present with them and realize that who they are is perfect and I don't want them to change will help. Second thing, and I brushed on this before and I don't think I fully articulated my thoughts, so I want to make myself crystal clear. You are a badass. Everyone listening to this is a badass. And everybody listening, for the most part, and I mean, aside from the privilege you were born with, doors opening, things like that. And I I understand that not everyone has the same access to things, but let's just, let's just get to the heart of the matter. If you want to accomplish something, you can probably make it happen. Okay. You want to get into a good school. Okay. You can decide to forfeit your social life. Um, 
you know, any sort of extracurriculars, you can study 24 seven, you can decide I don't want to have a life, I just want to get into X school, right, or X tier of school, you can do that. If you want a certain career path, you can do that. You can, I mean, God, Andrew wanted to be in entertainment and he gave up a huge ass law firm job that paid him oodles and oodles and oodles in order to get paid $10 an hour in the mailroom at mm-hmm. some big agency because that's what he wanted. So we did it because he didn't want to live his life being like, oh, coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? So like, if you want something, you can make it happen, period. And I need you to hear me. And this is not you general. This is you specifically <laughs> that if you all these stories you're hearing about your grandmas, granddaughters, cousins, best friends, in-laws, whatever. If, if they're saying, oh, she got to go to Mars. I'm like, I don't want to go to Mars. Okay, then go to Mars. There's actually, they're taking applicants, I've heard. You know, like you can figure it out. It's just then when you start thinking about it, it's like, oh, if I go to Mars, I don't know if I can bring my baby. Okay, well, that's not good. And I don't know if I'm going to come back. So then I wouldn't have my friends and family. This is the dumbest example I think I've ever used on this podcast. And I apologize to everyone listening. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. If you want something in your life, you can have it. But then the real work starts because you're like, wait, I'd have to give up this. Wait, I'd have to do this. Wait, I'd have. And then all of a sudden you realize I don't want this anymore. And it's like, okay, well then what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) And so I think playing that game with yourself, like playing it out, with the premise of I can be and do anything I want is so helpful because then you start realizing, holy shit, I actually do have the life I want. Yeah. Why am I stressed about what everyone else is doing? Which is such a like powerful realization to have is Mm -hmm. like, I actually wouldn't change a thing about. And then change a thing and that's fine. And that's when comparison can be helpful. Yeah. When you hear something and you're like, shit, I actually do want that. And I would make moves to do that. Okay, good. Go do it. So then it's not comparison anymore and it's inspiration. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. That's good. And I also feel like she would be a great candidate for coaching because that's literally like what we do is like figure out what your values are, boost your self-esteem, get you to have a positive and nurturing, healthy relationship with yourself practice self-compassion, like get your confidence up so that you're not feeling disheartened every time you hear a story about someone else. Yes. And you like, you're allowed to be happy for someone else or to love someone else's choices or to like, I do this with style. Oh my God. This is a great callback. The beige trendy baby style. Love it. So cute. Cannot pull it off. Am I beating myself up about it? No, I realized it's okay. This is going to be our aesthetic. This is so dumb too, but it's like, this is going to be our aesthetic, our look, our, our, our theme, if you will. Yeah. And I'm allowed to love other people's themes and aesthetics yep. and vibes without adopting it as my own. Cause if yeah. I wanted to adopt it as my own, I could, that's why Instagram exists. Yep. There's yep. literally tutorials on how to do that shit. But I just have to own the fact that like, I am this, she is her, she can't help that she looks good in pink. Like she cannot help it. She was just born this way. So like, what am I going to do? Deprive her of that? Like we are who we are. Yep. But I used to get confused that if I thought something else was interesting or pretty or fun or glamorous or interesting, that that meant I wanted it. Yeah. And then I would put myself down for not having it. Yep. And it's like, 
life is just too short and we are too contained as individuals to have everything. And I know that is a limiting beliefs thing, but I cannot be all things. Like I, I physically can't. And sometimes we have to make choices and that's part of being an adult. And we're talking about baby aesthetics here. This is the dumbest of all decisions, but it is a callback from before, but it's like career. You can't have every career. You can't, you can't be a doctor and a lawyer and a teacher and an influencer and a real estate agent and a designer all at the same time. I'm sorry, but you can't, you maybe can be two. Yeah. And I feel like when you try to be so many things that aren't true to you, you lose yourself in that process. And the number one key to confidence is honing in on who you are and like being proud of that and being authentic and showing up and being congruent as exactly who you are. That's why I love Carl. Cause Carl just like is Carl. And like, regardless of who he's around, what situation he's in, he's going to be the exact same. Carl is congruent in literally every situation good and that's a great thing and that's also a not great thing sometimes and I think that that's you know just you can't be all things and if you're trying to be all things then you're not being yourself and that's the key to all of this but this this I will say this sucks for highly talented people really sucks for highly talented people I I don't know if I consider myself a super highly talented person I think that I'm like mid-tier maybe upper mid-tier Andrew is top tier for talent, which is annoying, but like Andrew could probably flourish in 10 different careers. Yeah. And he'll say, he won't, he won't be like, I could have done this, but sometimes it'll be like, oh man, like I, I, I would have loved doing this or, and it like breaks my heart every time. And I'm like, why is this breaking my heart? Like he had to make a choice. You, Mm -hmm. he chose and that's great. And, And I'm almost like mourning the opportunity cost for him. And he's like, stop. I'm just like having fun. Cause I could, yeah. I could do like all these things and like, it's cool, but like, I, I take it too seriously. And so I think this letter writer probably takes it too seriously. And so I'm giving you permission to maybe mourn the alternate lives, the alternate choices that you did not take that could have been authentically you. That's the fucked up part. Yeah. We can be authentically ourselves in so many different iterations of life, but we just have to choose. We get one. Yeah. So we just have to make the choice that feels the most right. And sometimes lots of things feel really right. And it's just circumstance or luck or Mm -hmm. opportunity that kind of drove us down this path. And then we wake up and we're like, did we make the right choice? And it's like, you probably did. And if you didn't, you'd know. You would really know because we receive those letters all the time. I'm like, holy shit, what did I just do? And we're like, I don't know. I don't know why you did that. And then we have to undo it. But this is not what you're saying. You're like, I actually like my life. My life's pretty badass. But then you hear all these other stories and being like, I compare. And I'm thinking like, there's probably a million reasons why you're doing this, honestly, but like you sound hyper-talented and I do feel like hyper-talented people have to deal with a mourning process when they are confronted with a choice they did not choose, but know that they could have. That was really good. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, like having reflection in my own life of like, yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like. I've never heard anybody talk about it like that. And so I- Well, Elise, like, for example, you're a great example. Like, you could have been an amazing interior decorator. You probably also could have been a good fashion designer. Yeah. You probably also, honestly, hot take, could have been a good realtor. I know that you hate driving and then meeting people sucks, but like- in sale, but like if you had gotten to a point and if you had liked it enough and you, like, I think you would have been good at it. Like, there are 
many, oh, I mean, an influencer, which you like kind of semi are right. I didn't, I didn't mean to put you down, but you know what I mean? Like you, you're yeah, dabbling yeah. in that right now, but like you could have probably just set out to be one and figured that out. And there's so many different like areas and arenas that you could have chosen. And I don't think you're sad about the one that you did. Um, but it would, I wouldn't blame you if sometimes if you met a really cool interior decorator or designer and you were like, damn, I it just makes you think, yeah, it's just, I, I totally, that's a really interesting point. And I think people are allowed to have a mourning process of like, it's not necessarily regretting your lifestyle. It's, and you are comparing, you are saying she, she does that. She has that. I don't. And I think you're allowed to be sad because I think sometimes life like throws you these bones so that you reflect. And it's kind of like a a moment to, to really make sure that you're on the right path. And most of the time the answer is going to be, okay, I am. But that doesn't mean that you can't be like a morning moment for damn that could have been cool yeah like and I and and I also feel like this letter writer is probably not thinking about all the people that are looking at her and the way she carries herself and her life and you know how she goes about things and are like damn I wish that was me yeah you do need hype women in your life and women's hundred hundred sorry men are great but I mean men are trash but men are (laughs) make it be great but like you need hype women. I mean, when I'm around you and, oh my God, Charlotte and even my mom, oh my God, my mom, did I say what my mom said to me last? I think she, I did, right? The laid back comment. I think I shared that already, but like becoming a mom has been awesome. But I think again, there's a lot of room for comparison and judgment about Mm -hmm. like, what kind of mom are you going to be? Mm-hmm. right? Are you going to be oh, like all these, th- I'm just telling you, it's about to get a lot better. It's about to get a lot worse. And so mm-hmm. you got to brace yourself and be prepared, which I appreciate that you're doing, but like having women hype you up and like constantly Charlotte's just like, you're killing this. You're so laid back. You're doing, ev- this is so you, you are, you are being the mom that you are supposed to be because this is so you. And that's not to say that every mom needs to be laid back. I think a lot of moms shouldn't be laid back because that's not them either. And they need to be channeling their type a energy into like fun activities and like cute photo shoots and like all these fun things and woo like nothing wrong with that but it was like very helpful to get that affirmation and that validation of like okay my social network views my role as a mom as a very authentic and um what's natural evolution yeah you know like I didn't do a 180 at all they're like nope this this feels congruent this feels right. Mm. And my, one of my best friends, Emily said the same thing. She was like, I knew it. I saw you. And like, but like that kind of valid, I need it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, there is nothing fucking wrong with needing validation and feedback from your closest people to say, Hey, you are on the right path. Like, did yeah. I know I was on the right path? Yeah. But like, it's helpful to know. So if you're not getting like, not constant, but like consistent yeah, feedback from your social network and your girlfriends to hype you up, that will also help. Yeah. hundred, hundred thousand percent. There's nothing wrong with external validation. Hot take. Love it. I need it. I do too. I love it. It's so fun. (laughs) I mean, and that's the thing, Elise and I don't crave it. We don't wake up in the morning and say, you're pretty, but like, it's helpful. I actually do text you and tell you to tell me that you love me sometimes. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, and I'm happy to dish it out. Yeah. But I think that, and if you don't have those people in your social network, like a blush coach would totally do that for you. Like you can guarantee that will happen. 
absolutely love that callback. Thank you, Hype Woman, for hyping up the company. But it's it's so true. Um, and I think it could be also she'll keep you in check for when baby comes and you start to maybe stray in a way you don't want to. Yeah. Cause we owe it to ourselves to try and give our children a little bit better than we had, even if we had it really good. Yeah. But generational cycles are a real thing. I'm like on fire about this podcast. I know it's so good. So good. So much fun. Except, And I'm not saying except because this one was fire, but our next one. Oh, oh my God. We already have it lined up. I'm so, which is very unlike us. Usually we fly by the seat of our pants. I'm so excited. Um, so y'all need to be tuning in is all I have to say. Yeah. It's going to be good. Okay. Do we have any final thoughts? I know it's your favorite question for today. Um, no, I have zero. That's so great. I feel like I, I didn't, did I say congratulations to comparing and exhausted congratulations on building an amazing life and for your expecting little a little bundle which is very exciting um oh yeah one last oh one last thought okay okay um think about the things that you don't want to repeat in your baby's life. And I'll give an example and then set those boundaries to make it happen. And what, when you set those boundaries is call back to the first letter, it's going to help you cement what you want, but you need to be setting boundaries with your mom. Mm -hmm. Um, that type of conversation doesn't need to happen around you anymore. No, no more like comparing ask language. I will say a rule that I am, um, setting down with, with my child is going to be, we do not talk about other people's bodies. Yeah. Because I grew up in a household, not my mom and dad, to be honest, um, but extended family talked about people's bodies a lot. And weight was always something that was brought up. And, and you notice with me, like I bring it up too, because it's just really difficult for me to undo this. And so I have a lot of body insecurity and especially postpartum. Oh my God. And it's just, it's really tough because I think I grew up being told I was thin and pretty and all these things. And then now that I'm not really those things anymore. Well, I mean, you know what I mean? Callie. Well, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's tough. It's really tough to kind of undo that self-worth yeah. stuff. And so I'm just like, I'm going to protect, I'm going to try at least and protect my daughter from that. So we're not going to comment on people's bodies, not my body, not her body, not Mm -hmm. a stranger's body, nobody's body. We do not comment on other people's bodies full stop. And if I hear someone doing it in front of her, I'm going to intervene. Hell yeah. It's a rule. And hopefully like that will help her. I'm not trying to say she's going to be shielded from body talk her whole life. Of course not, but at least it won't start in the home. Yeah. And then at least when she starts hearing it outside, she can come to me and be like, well, yeah. I'm be like, dude, I know this world is so fucked. <laughs> it's like, it's like mean girls when she, they're in the mirror and they're like, oh my God, this and this and this, my pores are too big. My boobs are too small. And she's like, I have bad breath in the morning. And they're like, yes. the fuck goals, <laughs> yes, goals right there. Really. I mean, not that I want her to turn into Caddy Heron, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And so if you can start setting boundaries with your mother now and yes. thinking about boundaries that you want to impose in your household, so that you break the cycle, you will be better off because my entire family knows that I've set this boundary. Good. I love it. And they're, and they're more than happy. They're giddy Yeah. to uphold it. They're like, yes, this is amazing. So I think 
you won't get a lot of, I hope you don't get a lot of pushback, but this will also help you clear space in your own mind, but also start like clear a path for um, your child. I love it. Okay, good. Okay, we're done. Um, please tune in next time. Uh, tune into this one while well, you did. <laughs> so tune into the next one. <laughs> going to be good. And remember, if you have a submission, uh, we mostly now get our submissions through the site. So go to the homepage, joinblush.com, click podcast, and there's a submission form. And that's been super helpful. The only thing is I don't ask for your email because of confidentiality purposes, but sometimes I don't get to like email you and be like, Hey, we're going to record this. It's just going to be a second or like, Oh my God, I cannot believe this happened to you. Sending love. I'll record in a week. Like sometimes I want to respond to people (laughs) and I can't. So if you want us to be able to like send you a quick note to basically be like confirm receipt and like we're on it, you can include your email address, but otherwise don't worry about it because no one else has. And it's Mm -hmm. ended up just fine. Okay. Love it. That's all. Love y'all. Okay. Um, we'll see you. We'll see you soon. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. How do I stop it? Oh, here.